0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren's voice, and thank you, my dear listener, for showing up today. Uh, Today's an extraordinary day uh, in a couple of different ways. The first thing I need to let you know, and I know know it's bad podcast form to uh, start with uh, a promo, but it's important that you know about this. So the Body Equals Brain program. Uh, this is M Bright's Body Equals Brain program. It's the premier workshop on the art and science of embodied experiential coaching. This is something for every uh, coach, for coaching coaches, I should say at every level. So if you're interested in embodying the social and emotional intelligence competencies that are critical for your success as a coach as well as for your client satisfaction and leadership in life, you want to do this program it's a six-month online program you can learn from the convenience of your home through a combination of self-study as well as live video conferences there's practical hands-on applied mind-body neuroscience it's unlike other programs this one is high touch it's got a lot of personal support and it's community oriented it's been praised by both the science-loving meaning nerds, and the science of verse uh, Established in 2011, Body Equals Brain was the first program to combine the neuroscience of embodied learning with the best practices in leadership development. We've interviewed uh, uh, Mandy. We've talked to you about this before. It starts in April 2019. Enrollment is open now. To learn more, go to mbright.com o-r-g forward slash body hyphen brain or just head to the embrite website which is mbrite e-m-b-r-i-g-h-t dot o-r-g that's mbrite e-m-b-r-i-g-h-t dot o-r-g and the book is your body is your brain which fir- currently has five star ratings on amazon the work is incredible go find out more mbrite dot o-r-g all right now that we've talked about that and you're doing that, I want to also introduce, <laughs> reintroduce you to Alex Terranova. We're delighted to have Alex in studio. He is a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach and host of the Dream Mason podcast. He helps strong and successful men boldly declare what they get, what they want, I should say, and to get real about what's in the way. I'm going to learn to read next week. It's going to be a whole different thing.
1: Uh, that uh, I, I love that intro because anything that has high touch, body, and community, I'm interested in. There you oh, go. Like, where do
0: I sign up? <laughs> you are so easily gettable with <laughs> uh, from with certain words. All right, uh, together uh, with Alex, uh, you can get him any place. Uh, you can go to Instagram, Inspirational Alex. You can go to his website, which is the Dream Mason. That's D R E A M M A S O N. You can. Uh, Find the Dream Mason podcast anywhere. Find podcasts are available, including YouTube, or you could uh, email him using alex at the dot dream uh, Because dreams don't build themselves. Hello, sir. How you doing? I am good. I am excited to be here with you today. Uh, now, you told me that Gwyneth Paltrow and Dax Shepard stole your idea.
1: They did, and I am very upset. I found this out yesterday, so a, their day before us, maybe a few days. But I am pretty. Sh- I think we put something into the universe and. You know, with their magical celebrity powers, they somehow snatched it out. <laughs> you you mean they're what did you call it? The baby the baby blood drinking Hollywood elite. That's... <laughs> if you're into conspiracy theory kind of things. I'm not, but I think they're hilarious. I think I know where you got that. All right. Uh what are we talking about, sir? So well let's actually share what the idea that they stole is, which is um so you have this amazing podcast the coaching show that's been around for 17 years correct and i have the dream mason podcast that has been around for one year and that's kind of like our coaching careers right indeed yeah at at what point 25 26 years
0: one of us yes and and with the gray hair that goes with it and you
1: i'm at four years with young and handsome and nice with the
0: fade haircut that goes with it nice (laughs)
1: i actually got it cut yesterday and i said to her yeah you can do it shorter if you can um if you make sure it fades and she goes i'm the master of the fade no hesitation (laughs) it was great i was like all right let's do this so i wanted to bring the two episodes together because while i know you in a as a as a mentor as a trainer as a leader i don't know that everyone that listens to the coaching show knows you in that regard you are the host you bring people on and usually explore their coaching stories. true. And I think you have a pretty interesting coaching story from what I know and I don't even know a lot of it uh, that I think your listeners and my listeners would love. So I threw out the idea to you, hey, what if we did like uh, you, know, you know the NBC or CBS, I don't know what station they do those mashups CSI Miami meets Law and Order for a special collab <laughs> episode and, uh, and they do one episode together and so we we're doing that here. So this is the coaching show. Meets the Dream Mason Podcast. Beautiful. And you're going to be the guest.
0: Okay, but you're going to, to tell me what to do because yeah, I don't know yeah. how to be a guest. Yeah, I know how to yeah. be a <laughs> guest. turning the tables.
1: I, I want to introduce. Let me just give a quick for people that are listening to your show and have never heard mine. So the Dream Mason Podcast, let me tell you what a Dream Mason is first. A Dream Mason is a person who's intentional, committed, and, realize, and realizes it's going to take planning, designing, and the choice to build their dreams so they can live the life they want. So on the Dream Mason podcast, I interview leaders, creators, and innovators, people that are up to big things, that are out in the world creating something, or sometimes are in the process of creating something, and I talk to them about that journey. Now I want to introduce you, because obviously you're always introducing your guests, but let's tell your guests and mine a little about who you are, because they might not know. So the guest today on The Coaching Show and the Dream Mason podcast is Christopher McAuliffe, we know Christopher is funny, insightful, and the lighthearted host and producer of this show, The Coaching Show. This is—if you guys don't know—the Coaching Show is an international uh, coaching federation partnered podcast. And through this show, which shocked me, you've had people like Debbie Ford, Robert Kawasaki, John Gray, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Warner Ernhard—is er, er, that you er, pronounce? it? Airhard. Airhard. Yeah. And I mean that—that and more, plenty more. Yeah, right.
0: Williamson. Yeah, we had them all.
1: You, you're also the the CEO of the internationally successful ICF accredited coach training program, program accomplishment coaching, which I went through. And, you know, just a quick little plug changed my life completely. I would not be sitting here with you. I would not be I wouldn't have the relationships I have and the joy I have and the business I have. It had not been for you in that coaching program. Um, and through that you've trained thousands of people over the past 17 years around the world. You've and accomplishment coaching has provided training and coaching services for organizations like the United Nations Population Fund, Major League Soccer. I don't know how you pronounce this, but U biome UBme U biome yeah it sounds science-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right and plenty more. Uh, you've also served twice as the president of the San Diego Professional Coaches Alliance. You've worked for eight years with the ICF IRB, sounds important because there are initials in the area of coaching ethics. And with over 26 years of experience and training, over 500 coaches, 499, if I can do math, not including me. That's right. uh, You are clearly a force in the world of ontological coaching and beyond. Thank you very much. I do sound important when you say (laughs)
0: that. What do you want? Now, here's the thing. I don't want to talk about my journey because who cares? I mean, I kind of do. Well, let's let's talk about <laughs> stuff that people can use. Like, you know, what's the uh, who is the greatest world's greatest rock and roll band, or what's the greatest guitar riff bridge in history, or your favorite
1: monster movie? My favorite monster movie. Uh, you know, I was just watching The Purge this weekend, the original, and that's that's dark. It is. We might right? be headed in that direction. Good. It's good. Have you seen um, Us? I have seen Us.
0: And? Yeah. yeah. Wait.
1: Wait. No. Us is the new. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. Sorry, I've not seen us. That's um, I thought you were thinking of something else. But what's the Get Out? I think is one of the greatest movies ever.
0: Absolutely. All right. Uh, My favorite. Ask me. That's what you're supposed to do (laughs) with an interview. What is your favorite (laughs)
1: scary movie?
0: Uh, Miracle on Thirty First Fourth Street. The original. (laughs) Because is he or isn't he? And if he is, he can get to everybody in one night. Terrible, terrifying.
1: Yeah, that is. And he fits down. How does he fit down chimneys and things? That's right. Yeah, it's all like the call is coming from inside (laughs) the house. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Um, Okay, so wait here. Let's do this because I think there is value in understanding how you created all this a little bit because there's people out there trying to do things. And while how, you know, you can Google anything, yeah. there's something about what you had to overcome oh, that, I, that I would find interesting.
0: Okay, we'll definitely do that, but first we have to Google, how do I start a coach training program? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do that while so, you talk. But yeah. before
1: we get, while you're Googling that, yeah. I think that we can start with, I actually wanna know where you're going before I know what you had to overcome. So where is, what, like, wh- what are, what's the vision with accomplishment coaching, with the podcast? With you as a coach and a leader. Dude, there's so much. Here, how do you become, a, how does start
0: a successful coaching? Oh, it's all about starting coaching businesses. Nobody tells us how to start a successful coach training program. Uh, the vision. I did not forget your question. Here's the thing. I think, uh, look, I'm a convert. Coaching changed my life and I was a guy that did everything. You know, I had done Tony Robbins and Landmark Education. I did I did the, uh, the forum with, Werner Earhart. He was the leader. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, um, I'm i like one of these guys who lucked into a bunch of stuff. I did NLP with Bandler and Grinder back in the day when they were together before the murder. Um, uh, so, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who's like been in that world for a while because I was successful in my main career, but kind of miserable. You know those people. And I kept looking. What's the answer? What's the thing that I'm missing? Is it love? Is it? It wasn't love. There was a lot of that. Um, but... Uh, when I found coaching all of a sudden for the next three years I hit every goal I set for myself. I was like, this is the thing I've been looking for. So I was a convert. So I knew that was for me. It took me a few years before I looked at my coach and I said, I think I'd rather have your job than my job. And so, you know, from there I was looking around for as a dilettante and a diva that I am, I was looking around for the world's finest coach training program and I could find the most popular. I could find the most affordable. I could find the most, you know, Convenient, but I couldn't find the best so it took me a few years and then I realized I'm gonna have to create the best so Over the last 20 years Your data was wrong by the way um Over the last 20 years. We've created this extraordinary curriculum this extraordinary program that is and thank you so much for your kind words life-altering every hundred percent of our graduates 100% how many is that all of them have said a It transformed their life and B. It was worth every penny every travel every moment every hour That's incredible, right? You can't find 100% at um, uh, KFC. 100% of people don't agree on much these (laughs) days. So um, the notion that 100% of our graduates love our work and say that it was worth it is pretty damn good. From here, I've I've experienced an interesting place because 20 years of doing this, right? I can now walk into most rooms and train and or coach with my hands tied behind my back and one eye covered, right? But what I, oh, which, by the way, is quite entertaining. <laughs> um, but what I personally have in found as a challenge or I- as an endurance test is what it is to be a CEO. Because it created this thing. And God bless humans, because people came and supported it. And people have, like yourself, have found themselves and, and created their own brand and their own empire, but still supported ours, which is amazing. And... It needs to keep going and typically as you know people that are starters don't usually do well at maintaining and people who are maintainers don't usually do well at you know starting new stuff so here's here's the thing that the vision that i saw back then that still exists for me today i think coaching at the highest level needs to be available to every man woman and child on the planet not that everybody's going to take us up on it but needs to be available at high quality affordable and available So that's what I'm after. I'm after, you know, yes, it's great that, pardon me, Beverly Hills Housewives or, you know, Upper East Side Housewives or whatever are uh, the real housewives of wherever. Coaching
1: is available for men also, just to clarify. (laughs) I seem very
0: focused (laughs) on people who are housewives. Uh, The... uh, (laughs) I lost. Oh, you're right. So those people can afford it, but we really need to make it available to everyone in the world. And so I'm very interested in the people in the work of people who are bringing it elsewhere, including like Dr. Patrick Williams, who's been with us, you know, talking about uh, coaching the global village and other uh, initiatives. Ruth Ann Harnish sponsors a lot of programs to bring coaching to people that otherwise would be, it wouldn't be available to.
1: So long answer, short. Yeah, and then what about? So the vision is still to best the best coach training program available.
0: The, Absolutely. The, Accomplishment hey. Coaching. We we work on the curriculum and the leaders each and every year. There are retreats where we actually go in and make sure that we're that our curriculum is updated and, you know, the latest everything. And then we're also developing our leaders all the time as you well know our leaders the minimum time to get to be a leader is 5 years five programs consecutively before you can even be considered to be a leader go
1: ahead and is there a vision for that do you see accomplishment coaching being in you know every state every like what's the what's the massive vision for accomplishment coaching
0: yeah um so far it's so funny we we one of the things that companies encounter is you got to decide you're either going to grow organically like my customers are in El Paso so we're going to El Paso or you're going to grow intentionally and say okay New York is a hub so we want to be in New York. For us it was we are very fortunate that our organic growth took us to from San Diego to Seattle to New York to Washington DC to Chicago right so w- ideally the ideal thing happened where our organic growth took us to these major hubs right but now we're in an interesting position because now um the organic pull is to smaller markets like charlotte north carolina i think it's north yeah. um and, <laughs> yes. and uh, you know and um albuquerque and denver and places like that that may not be you know as important uh, geographically as say in atlanta or a dallas or something like that right so uh, it's a choice you make, I think, as an as a business leader, what you want to do. Are we going to continue with the organic growth, or are we going to be intentional and set our set our pins in a map and say we're going to do this because that will give us access to a new region?
1: Yeah, and then you talked about when you were describing this process going from the person who started something Ugh. to now the person who's running something. It's the worst.
0: <laughs> All I want to do is go out there and be like, you know, Good at what I do, and being CEO, I'm not good at
1: it yet. So, Hopefully. what do you do to overcome that, or what are you doing to overcome that?
0: Support, 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 support. I, it's hilarious. Um, sorry, let's go back a step. You should have asked me which path I'm choosing, the organic or the. Do you want me to help you while we go?
1: I, I think you <laughs> stated the it was the organic. Oh, did I? I, I you didn't say it, but yeah, you that's were, what were hinting doing. towards that's how it's evolving.
0: Right. So, if you're competing with us, don't worry because we're just going to grow organically. Do do my competitors listen to your program?
1: I don't know. Probably anybody with are there really competitors? Is it (gasps) creative growth or competitive growth?
0: Nice. This is another uh, piece that I use when I work with executives. Is we've got to externalize the enemy. So I always create a monster outside the company, or I invite them to. Do you know what I'm
1: talking about? I've not heard that, but I am reading (laughs) best author name ever Wallace D (laughs) Waddles. Yes, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and he talks a lot about creative versus competitive growth. Nice. And I never had heard that put where like it's not about this hey, if I win you have to lose. Mm-hmm. It's how do I win and you can still be winning.
0: I like it. I'm going to my counterpoint to that. We're all over the place. You're okay with that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. mostly me. Um uh in certain organizations. So I come from healthcare, right? I come from healthcare and god darn it healthcare is or whatever you believe in um is rife with internal conflicts right everybody this department doesn't like that department and these people you know this nursing manager is uh, uh, hated and like that so there's all these internal conflicts and so what i uh work with people in that kind of an industry on is externalizing the enemy let's focus all of our um Fire and animosity on our competitors, so that we can actually be a team. Because mm-hmm. you know, mostly as teams, we form against something. So let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> Speaking of politics, what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I was going to say, isn't that every industry? Isn't because I, I come from hospitality and restaurants, and I wouldn't say that it's necessarily animosity or issues. It's drama, right? In that business, it's the the drama of the day: mm-hmm. who who drank too much, who hooked up with, yeah. who. Um, who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing um, and cleaning up messes. But ultimately it's a, it's chaos. It's internal chaos. Um, The,
0: the grammar, the grammar police out there want me to let you know it was whom moving on. Okay. What what do you want to talk
1: about? So, well, you said support, right? But you're going from CE, if you're going from starter to CEO, what does that actually mean? How, How does one go? First of all, it doesn't even make sense how one starts a coach training program right like that in itself is a is a mystery you googled it even and it doesn't exist exactly and we can figure out anything on google but then <laughs> should be a video. now your your experience your brilliance comes from the development and now you're in you're out of your comfort zone as ceo
0: yeah i think that perhaps the smartest thing i ever did so so remember we're going back in time to where i'm a brand new coach and literally i learned to coach by apprenticing my coach. I said, you know, how do I learn to do this? And he said, I don't know, why don't you follow me around? So I quit my job cold turkey. Not a good <laughs> idea. I, uh, you know, lived on my savings for a while and then my credit cards and followed him around. And I would get, uh, I would sort of get clients, but mostly I just followed him around and watched him. Mm-hmm. And I was way too full of myself. You know, I was wearing Armani to these meetings and <laughs> stuff and feeling like, well, you know, when my clients show up. But of course, they didn't. So I had my own journey as a coach where I had, to, I had to literally get down on my knees at the very last minute before I was going to go back to healthcare to ask somebody to hire me. How, so l- how
1: long was that? Were you in that kind of fraudulent, trying, coaching phase?
0: Probably a year, it, as long as my money lasted. Okay. I was totally great as a coach with no clients when I had <laughs> money.
1: But then when I ran out of money, I was,
0: it was pretty sad. Oh, look at that guy! He's got—he's wearing Armani, but he's—you know—eating out of
1: the trash. It wasn't quite that bad. Um, okay, so so you followed him around. You didn't. You you weren't getting clients, and then on the last moment before you had to go back and get a job, you decide you correct ask somebody.
0: But the but the thing about uh, about so remember, I was pretty ticked off that I couldn't find the world's best coach training program back when I had some money, and so I. Uh, you know, I apprenticed and I did this work and then I started coaching people and I was sort of happy, but pretty lonely. Because I think that one of the things that most coach training programs don't talk about is that loneliness, right? When you're in your second bedroom or your converted dining room or something coaching people, but you're by yourself. You're not at the, you know, the organization anymore. So built my practice and then I kept looking for n- more training. And the training that I saw was very, very thin or very, very... Basic, and I wanted the good stuff. So after a few years, I decided, oh, I might have to create this. But the smartest thing I did was not try and create it from my genius or my brilliance or my stupidity, but I started talking to people who had points of view. So, first, an ontological kind of a guru guy, and then a consultant, a business consultant, and then an educator, and then an attorney. You know, and I would ask them things like, what do ba- people who are starting their business need to know? What are the basics? If you could do a little curriculum, what would it be? And people, you know, people who are successful and have seen the world, they want to contribute. So God bless these people, or whatever you believe in, um, for uh, contributing because then it became, okay, this is the start of a curriculum, right? And we built and we built, and, um, th- and I hired some smart people to support me, and, you know, people were very generous with their work, and then we created this first curriculum. And I also am so indebted because the first thing I did was I took one person who wanted to be a <laughs> coach. I'd like to do what you do, okay? Well, I've got a training thing that I'm putting together. Great, let's do that and put his hard-earned time and money into this thing that was, you know, pretty bad
1: in those days. <laughs> that's but actually that's so. Uh, thanks for sharing that because you know I'm working. I'm I'm personally developing a thing right now, and that's the first thing I think is. I need someone to do this. And it's, it's probably yeah. going to suck right. that first time. And I think that, but the only way to start is to do something, right? You have to, there's somebody has got to be the first, you know, who, uh, uh what's his, I, I'm, Neil Armstrong, yeah, probably sucked at walking on the moon the first time. <laughs> He's probably not good at it. Also, his moonwalk I mean, was bad. I'm guessing George Washington was probably not the best president. You're right. You know, it's pretty cool that he was first, but he probably didn't know what he was. I mean, I don't know that any presidents know what they're doing. But I think that we forget as entrepreneurs, as leaders, as creators of anything, that most of us, that whatever that first thing is, is messy, is sloppy. We don't know what we're doing. But because of the world we live in, we just see... Oh look at this amazing coach training program. Right, exactly. And forget that hey there was some poor guy out there that had to do yeah. the first one. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. And um and uh my five my first 5-year plan. This is I assume useful for somebody who's starting something. My first 5-year plan was no plan. In other words, if if it's successful, people will come. And I know that's a terrible plan, but it, it worked for us because, okay, this first guy got, uh, oh, It's like the I field, I
1: you had the Field of Dreams business plan. Exactly. Like,
0: okay, so then w- next we had four people in a, in a room in San Diego, California, and three of them were successful as coaches and really took on their life at a higher level and really transformed things that weren't working. And from that... You know, people were attracted and were like, What what are you doing? I want whatever you've, you know, lost the weight, you've fixed the relationship, you've created your company. I wanna I wanna know what you're doing. And then we had a larger program and a larger program and people who did the program were generous in you know, sharing and in having people in like that. So that's one. The second thing I wanna share do we have like a minute?
1: It looks like it, yeah. Time is time isn't real. We got a minute. Okay, good. We're great. gonna make up a minute right now. So the The other thing
0: uh, that I want to point to is, so then I'm doing that, right? And I'm training people and I'm training people and I'm getting better and I'm better and better. And after like 15 years of that or 16, I'm pretty damn good. And I love it. And, you know, I'm training people and things are moving. But I don't want to be the CEO. And I don't know why, I'm just avoiding everything about CEO. And people are like, you know what, you should probably stop training and be the CEO of this company, because it's pretty big now. And I said, yeah, nah, 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 and uh, don't do it. Because, and I, I had to do a lot of work with my coach about this, because I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. And CEO sounds like a job where you could screw up stuff pretty bad. <laughs> so instead of being the CEO, I'm avoiding the C- being the <laughs> CEO, and nobody's being the CEO. So stuff's just flapping in the wind. And so finally, my company has a little chat with me, you know, sits me down and says, listen, if you're not going to do this, we need somebody to do it. And I'm like, well, my ego won't allow that. So let me do it. And I start talking to my coach about, you know, how can I where do you learn to be a CEO? Do I go get an MBA? Do I you know where is CEO school? And he laughs and laughs. And I said, "Why? that's not good coaching when you laugh at people. And he said, remind me what you do for a living. And I said, well, I created this curriculum of the world. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I, cre- I create a curriculum and train people in their leadership, right? And now I c- need to CEO school. So he challenged me to create a curriculum for CEO school. Ooh. How cool is that? Pretty cool, right? And now you're the
1: first sucker to go through exactly. this program. <laughs> <laughs> to your point. That's very cool. So wait, right? you're, that's what you're working on now, is creating that? or it's?
0: I, I am working on a few different things, but that is absolutely one of the things I'm working on. Is, yeah.
1: th- is there a vision with that? I didn't know this, so this is... Is there a vision that other people would be able to do this, or are you creating this just for you to develop you?
0: No. uh, One, for me, as the guinea pig, as you said, you know, the first poor sucker, and then uh, make it available. Why not, right? Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and again, uh, so many people are generous, right? I go go to these titans of business and these captains of industry and these masters of the universe. And I'm meaning that in a gender neutral sense because men and women uh, and non binary people and uh saying you know what what wisdom if you could what would you give me what what should i take on and things like that and people have such wisdom and some of it's from book learning but most of it not at all so that's happening you want to know what else yes please sex and death i got i got workshops partners i got partners i've developed a uh, thing on um, mindful sex and death and the company <laughs> the company execs don't want me to put them out because we don't want to be the sex and death company. So you got issues, right? You got marketing um, issues and name issues.
1: And, but everybody has sex and everyone dies. Uh, well, everybody might not be having sex, but everyone dies.
0: <laughs> this is the view of a younger man. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, not everyone is having sex, but everyone does die that we know of. Except for that ter- terrifying miracle on 34th Street guy. All right. Uh, do you want to do this? Should I do this? No, this is, this is all you. Okay, great. I don't, I don't know you. We're about to take a break. I want to remind you, go to mbright.org and uh, check out their Body Equals Brain program. You're listening to The Coaching Show right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine coaching uh, podcasts are available. And The Dream Mason Podcast. We'll be right back right after this. Stay with us. We'll be right back after these important messages. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and
1: distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted,
0: and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcCullough.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E, ChristopherMcCullough.com.
1: Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book
0: Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McCulloch, Master Certified Coach.
1: I'm not Christopher McCulloch. I'm Alex Terranova of the Dream Mason Podcast, and this is the Coaching Show. I need somebody to like, do a little intro outro for me. I'm not gonna go produce a child just for that, oh. <laughs> but I mean, it's not fair.
0: On behalf of CPS, I thank you. I'm but, like, uh, I'm like yeah.
1: who, who is an amazing? I'm like, who out there in the world has an amazing voice that uh, could do that for me? I'd be happy to. Thank <laughs> you for asking. <Grasscake. laughs> the uh, I also have children that I rent out,
0: or I mean, uh, that you can. Per- so no, that's a serious issue right now going on. <laughs> All right. What so, do you want to? This is this is awkward and delightful. Thank you le, so much.
1: Yeah, let's talk about. I, I'm I'm very curious. You should probably let people know who your guest is, which is me. Oh, I, you want to remind? Them, I don't see on the Dream Mason podcast we don't have breaks, so it's there's a slight okay. you know learning. This is my first time. I'm the sucker going through this thing for the first time. <laughs> so our guest today is Christopher McCullough. He is the CEO of Accomplishment Coaching. He is has been a coach for 25, 26 years. Yep. 17 years as the host of the coaching show podcast, podcast yeah we used to call it internet radio that's how old i am and uh and if you i mean if you need the rest of the details you got to start listening from the beginning of the episode <laughs> okay wow. and i'm alex Terranova, the host of the dream mason podcast i am also a coach i work with leaders creators and innovators people trying to make a difference in the world and create great lives uh, again You want to hear more go to the beginning of the episode start from the beginning like (laughs) we all do in life so what i'm interested in 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 hearing your story and you've been so generous to share like the things that you struggled with and your the things you're currently struggling with is how do we actually produce great coaches it's kind of like the the you know eighth or ninth or tenth wonder of the world i'm still trying to figure out how babies are produced i hear there's a stork but how (laughs) do we produce great coaches because there's no stork delivering those
0: there, there actually is. Um, your mother and I have been meaning to talk to you about this for some time. I, I All really right, let's not
1: go there. Here, uh,
0: I am. Um, there are two things that I want to say. I noticed. The first is, I think the most important work that we do as coaches is not to solve people's problems. Said a different way. I think that most coaches go into coaching as either trying to smear the client with our answers to things or trying to solve their problems. These things are never going to work. You know, we've already got people who want to uh, do those things. We've married those people sometimes. That's our family. You know, we're related to them, right? Those are the people who want to solve our problems and fix things for us and tell us how to live. I think a great coach is an... Like a reflective surface, like a mirror. Do You know, I go of my mirror and it doesn't say, oh, you should maybe think about the red shirt. It just says, this is how that looks. So <laughs> with a reflective surface, I can make my own choices about, well, am I willing to w- look like this in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Or do I have something else? And that involves trusting your clients to know that they've got the answer within them somewhere or that their stupid answer that they may have chosen, in your humble opinion, is just fine for them. Do you know what I mean? And, it's, and that we don't know better. It's not a hierarchical relationship like that. The second biggest piece I would say that coaches need to remember is that the only benefit... Who is it? Um, Michael Neal, I think, uh, re requoted in The Prosperous Coach with Stephen Chandler and Rich Litvin, uh, says, look, even if you just talked for an hour a week to a lamppost about mm-hmm. your dreams, it would be valuable. And a coach is even more valuable than a lamppost, most of us. The... Um, The notion that somebody outside your situation, outside of your context, for example, can uh, speak to where you are and give you another view, like your mirror does, right? Where it's like, oh, from here, it looks like these genes fit. But in the mirror, I can see that, no, they don't. Um, I don't mean to oversimplify it, but I do mean to remind us all that it's a partnership, it's an advisory, and it's a reflection. And the best thing about it is it's from a different perspective. So if you can keep the client's context in mind and speak from outside of it, you're doing the best work a coach can do, I believe.
1: And how do we, I mean, obviously people can go through a program like accomplishment coaching or, you know, there's other training programs. I I can't speak to them. Um, But how do we actually teach people? Because our default is not that. Our default is, how do I solve this problem? Tell me what to do or fix it or give me some advice. And excuse me um even when you know you know and i know like we can be working with clients and we can be doing exactly what you described mm-hmm. and they're begging sometimes just tell me what to do right right so how do we it's like how do we strip off those layers our, our natural our default human layers to become this to be turned into a mirror
0: it's a really great question i think that you i think that the, it all starts with knowing you know, looking in the dark corners. One of the things that we do at Accomplishment Coaching is we have all of our, uh, we look at every aspect of being a person, right? You and I just talked about like everybody dies, everybody has sex, or most people your age, and uh, they, those sort of common experiences we mostly don't examine, right? It is what it is. We learned whatever we learned and we just do a little of this, a little of that, and then we hope it works out for our partner, right? So, to actually bring it into light and look at every aspect of being a human, from your integrity to your relationship with money, to your relationship with your own well-being, to your relationship with um, business and organizations, all of the sort of um, opinions and thoughts and experiences that you've got and your worldview needs to be called into question and examined so that you know, oh, I think business people are suckers, or I think um, you know this about men are, or I think Right. And once you're aware of your own biases and opinions and this and this goes to a larger issue with coaching that I think we're finally getting around to, which is our unconscious bias and becoming more aware of that. But what I'm talking about is first on the individual level. Right. I think everybody should save for a rainy day is deadly for a coach because your client may or may not think that. But if you're aware that that's my thing and now let me get it out of the way so I can be with my client who may have a very different worldview or maybe, you know, so excited that they've got 10 bucks that they're going to go blow it immediately. Right. And contribute to them in support of them as opposed to as a criticism or a you should live my way. So it's about knowing yourself well enough and being able to make a mindful or aware choice to be. Um, to set that aside does that answer your question
1: yeah and if we if I had to simplify it the way we make coaches is we make people conscious and mindful
0: beautiful yeah so and yeah and of service because an ego based uh, leader or coach is terrible yeah or or uh, too opinionated you know you don't, don't want you don't want an angry uh, massage person right so when you're in service <laughs> you want somebody who's gonna be like with you yeah. in your energy
1: yeah I lo- that's it's really I love the idea of like hey if we actually just strip down all of our own layers and we look at and we're conscious and aware or present to everything about ourselves, then that gives us an opportunity to be a reflective or flat surface. Because we might know, hey, even if we see what our biases and patterns are, we, we at least have the choice to put them down in the moment as a coach. Mm-hmm. We Beautiful. can tr- we can do our best to keep practicing that. Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Cool. And, and, and I think that other you know, some of the things I'm most proud of in our accomplishment, coaching training, is, you know, I was talking to a guy, my, my driver, as a matter of fact, said, oh, I did coach training. And I said, oh, you know, what'd you do? And he told me, and I actually know those people. And I said, oh, you know, what'd you think? And he said, um, you know, it, it was great, but I don't know how to do a business. Every coach needs to know how to keep their business not only alive, but thriving. And I'm astonished by how few people address, how few training programs address the basics of a business. Starting and running a business and keeping a service business thriving means you got to go talk to human beings, even if you're an introvert, even if you're, you know, whatever. And there's not one way. There's a lot of ways, but you got to do it. The, the other thing that I would point to as this is my complaint uh, rant, apparently, about coach training programs is that Please, 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 all coach training programs everywhere, and I'm working on this through the Association of Coach Training Organizations, please take on at least a basic course on ethics. Coaches need to know what the ethical standards are, and they need to know that they're going to face these ethical questions when they're alone, when they're with their client, when they're in the dark, and not have necessarily somebody, you know, right there to support them and say, hey, red flashing light, this is an ethical issue, right? So to have that training and know what you're listening
1: for and what the, potential potholes are is critical I think yeah thanks for saying all that I think the I know when I go out in the world and I go to networking events that the the, what you described is usually what's missing when I meet other coaches Mm -hmm. is it's not that they're not brilliant it's not that they don't have hearts and they care and um, they may have may or may not have good great practices but what I notice is they a lot of them haven't done the the stripping down the layers of the onion on themselves right and so their opinions seep in, and obviously, out in life, all of our opinions do, right? When I take off my coach hat, I can be very, very righteous. It's about, my favorite thing about you. Yeah, <laughs> when you take um, off your hat. Cool. Um, but I think that I, that is something that I didn't know I was going to get when I when I did accomplishment coaching. I, you know, people when I and when I talk about when people ask me how did you become a coach, you know, I'm like I did this program, but the amount of coach training I got was probably small in the sphere of actually life training you you know looking at and i think that's what actually makes me a good coach or as somebody who's developing and growing as a coach because it's still you know i'm in my like to think i'm still in my toddler years as a coach (laughs) before um but it's that constant like wait a minute that's my belief about something and i have to continue to look at that and continue to do the work which will have me i think be successful over time
0: nice Are, are you getting all those messages I I'm not I think teams.
1: that's you I think you're popular hmm. um, I I am responsible because I I learned from you to turn off all my uh, my noises <laughs> um, I I I learned the hard way how to be responsible about some things um let's talk about uh, clients like how actually wait I have one more thing about what we were just talking about I Talk think about it's, philosophy it's super relevant okay cool. and it I think only because you said it was super relevant. I think it's super relevant at least I'm seeing it everywhere in the world everyone's a coach Oh, everywhere you go. So, right. And I know the first thing I do when I sit down with somebody to talk about coaching is differentiate what I do and what you do, what we do from um, therapists, consultants. I even throw in mentors now. And sometimes I even throw in the people that are um, lousy coaches. Well, not, <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, if you're a multi, I don't, I have not, there's, there's nothing wrong with multi level marketing. I have people in my family who are very successful and create a great life from it. Mm. But they, a lot of them in them, they call themselves coaches. They're coaching their downlines, they're coaching their teams. Right. I met someone the other day who is in a specific, very successful industry, doesn't like the industry they're in. So now they're a coach for people that in in that industry because they don't want to do the thing. <laughs> and hey, that's great, Those who Bri- can't, brilliant no. idea, right? Right. But, they're not coaches, not in the way that we're defining it. And I look at the world and go, man, this sucks because it's, it's confusing for, you know, if, if, I all, if everyone walked around calling themselves a professional basketball player, we would be confused. What does That's that right. mean? What is the difference? Do you see this? Are you seeing this, that, that trend that I'm seeing that there's just coaches everywhere and they're not necessarily doing what we're doing? It's really
0: good. I kind of want to take this on a rant. Um uh so let me know if you want to go this way or not. But the the thing that I see that's missing is reverence. In other words, you know, this the whole Kardashianization of our society and of soon to be the globe, you know, makes everybody want to be at the top of their game for very little actual work effort experience or do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you know and, and it works i mean it certainly works for that family right where what's her name just became the f- youngest billionaire ever eclipsing okay. both um i think bezos and uh, and uh gates right because she's attractive and well-known and sells she's good at social media yeah
1: Been really good at social media yeah and
0: selling stuff through it yeah. i mean if that's like she's not good at it like changing the world or feeding the hungry or something <laughs> i recently saw annie lamont speak do you know this woman do you know her writing at do all not oh you've got to check her out annie lamont she's also got youtube clips that are that will uh here's how brilliant she is uh i was uh, sometimes in the morning i watch these uh youtuber or, or ted talk things and she comes out and she says as far as i can tell everything everything this is annie lamont speaking everything works better if you unplug it and leave it for a while, and then plug it back in, including you. How great is that? <laughs> you know, she's a, she's a, like all the self help literature right there. You know what I mean? So I love her. And um, she uh, it, when she spoke live, she said, "Okay, as far as I can tell, no matter what you believe, no matter what religion, no matter what uh, you know, secular uh, identity you have, no matter what, you got to feed the poor." Everybody got to feed the poor. You got to take care of those people less fortunate than you got to take care of them. And any society, any people, any group, any individual that doesn't take care of the poor. Bad things. Right. How great is that as a, as a summation of the world's great religions? Right. Or spiritual so belief? simple people first. Exactly. And what I what I love about both of those, and maybe it's I'm not making my point very well, is the reverence that it brings. It's simple, but it but it's reverential. It reminds us that we have to honor our core beliefs. We have to honor each other. We have to honor the planet we're on. We have to honor things. And that reverence seems so missing in our day-to-day existence and so missing on, you know, thank you, social media. And in our, you know, look at our Facebook feeds. Uh, Sometimes there's reverence for, like, the planet or each other or beauty or being patient with each other, but sometimes it's just a a screed about this leader or that leader or somebody should have... Should do something. Um, what do you hear for yourself in that? Anything useful? I,
1: I've, I mean, I've been talking a lot about in my own life. The I actually met. This is pretty cool. You will like this. You will be proud of me for this. Going to drop a name. I met with Jerry Sanders yesterday, the two-time mayor of San Diego. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Nice. Uh, amazing, amazing, kind, brilliant man. And we were mm. talking about the difference in politics when he ran, which is. In the early 2000s mm-hmm. and now. And how he was describing how it, there was a point in time that the middle was 90%. Yeah. And the fringes were, you know, five on each side. Right. And the fringes were the nut, nutty people. And maybe they had some good ideas, but for the most part, everything's better somewhere probably in the middle. And now it's the opposite, right? Now it's it seems like. Left it's or like, right, yeah, right. and and it's 10%. not just left or right; it's all the way. Right, and if you're on the opposite, side, if we're si- if we were on opposite sides, you're the devil or I'm the devil, and and every the world's gonna end because of you or I. Correct. And I think, mostly you, yeah. And I think that's a a symptom, or that's not just I. think Well, there's two things. I think that was actually caused on purpose, because I believe the people on the fringes went. Wait a minute we if we can our ideas if we can actually divide the middle mm-hmm. then we can actually have power it's a brilliant way to, to let's divide the middle and then we get power and then the people in the middle which i think i'm like all of a sudden we're left with like wait a minute this isn't working nothing's yeah. working why can't we work together there's gotta be and but i think what made it possible is actually social media because it's really easy to say whatever you want from behind the keyboard. the if you think if you scroll through the, our social media feeds, I would say, I don't know, 75 percent of the things on there we would not be talking about in a bar with somebody or on the street because you'd get somebody would hit you. Yes. And and unfortunately, violence is never the answer, people. That's like the world. That's the, it's great that we have the Internet. It's great that we have Google and all the things that it's made possible. But there is the consequence. Which I think this is a huge one. So when I when I hear you, talking about the reverence, it's like we've just lost reverence for everything, ourselves being human. Yeah, um, I heard this is. Uh, did you know that Will Ferrell has a, a new podcast, um, no. the Ron Burgundy podcast? Oh, excellent! It. You, know, I have mixed feelings, but on the second episode, Deepak Chopra was the guest. Oh my god! Which was kind of cr- pretty funny and creative. And, you know, as Deepak leads them through a meditation, you hear Ron Burgundy going, can somebody get me a drink? <laughs> um, but D- Deepak basically says, he asks him about the future of the world and Deepak goes, you know, we have the ability to be divine or we have the ability to be diabolic and we've chosen diabolic. And I think we're we're headed towards our own extinction. It's weird to hear Deepak Chopra say that. I would think he would give something right. more optimistic. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. And he's and uh, Will Ferrell asks him, well, what if we just get grow gills and go in the ocean or go to outer space? And he goes, we're just going to do the same thing there, mm-hmm. which I think is a real I mean, as coaches, that's what we are kind of pointing to. Whatever you do in one place, you will do everywhere. So it, it's not about it's actually about transform transformation. But it, I think that it starts with the reverence for ourselves and then each other. It's really great.
0: Um, There's a, I don't know if we have time for this. We can cut it out later if you want. Um, There's a guy, and you may not remember, Bill Moyers, who was a respected journalist for, you know, decades. And he uh, used to have a show each and every week, as great respected journalists often do. And uh, he ran it, I mean, for a while he had a daily show and he ran it for a bunch of years and then he came to his last episode and it was everybody knew it was coming it was a big deal and they said this is my last episode and it was a couple of great guests and then he's like now we come to my final guest and everybody was kind of like okay you know who's it going to be is it like the president is it you know somebody who's like mother teresa you know uh, back from the dead and um he said barry lopez and people are like At least I was sitting in my chair going, (laughs) who the heck is Barry Lopez? And Barry Lopez is an author um, who goes out and lives uh, life with different populations and then writes adventure type of books about it. Uh, You know, he went and lived in the Arctic. He went um, lots of journeys, right? American landscape, lots of places. And Barry, uh, great writing, by the way, if if you're into that kind of thing. But they had this most far-reaching conversation about everything from the light in New York City and how it's different than other places to the nature, the true nature of humanity. And very much to your point said, you know, you can't have, and this is Barry Lopez's point of view, um, you can't have the beauty of a Bach sonata without the horrors of uh, Hitler and uh, Nazi regime. That it's part of the human conundrum, if you will, that we have to, you know, we can be as great and as beautiful as we are uh, horrific and vicious. And I, I hear that in what you said. And he, um, you know, uh, they ultimately spoke about Paul Woodruff, the work of uh, the American philosopher, who's current, uh, Paul Woodruff, and his book "Reverence: A Forgotten Virtue." And so, you know, so um, I recommend both of those things. You can find on YouTube that interview with Barry Lopez, and but you can also find that book reverence where he goes all the way back to like greek and chinese cultures and ancient uh, cultures to point to reverence and day-to-day actions that we can take now to increase our reverence and to you know bring out bring back that sort of cornerstone of our humanity sorry that sounded like a commercial didn't it
1: no it was it was I, i don't know any of those people so i actually you gave me some new books and i like to read so cool and i'm sure people that listen to this if they're yeah. listening to a podcast, you like information. So I was
0: I was thinking about books the other day. I was on, on vacation. By the way, you should have asked me. I went on this amazing uh, we've talked about this bucket list uh, <laughs> vacation to Seychelles. But I w- but I actually realized while I was on vacation that I think my real life is when I'm on vacation. Like when I'm sitting in the sun reading, you (laughs) know, Yuval Noah Harari books and having cocktails every evening, I think that's my real life. And then when I come home and I'm like with my, you know, children trying to get them to do something that they don't want to do, and you know, using everything from bribery and manipulation to because I said so, because my parents said so, um, I I think that's not my real life. Do you have this, or no? You're young and and loving every moment
1: no i'm definitely not <laughs> loving every moment i actually said yesterday to somebody uh, they asked me how i was and i went i'm great today and last week i wasn't last week i was sad and i didn't know why i was just human right oh, um it's but, so
0: great that you knew that though that you weren't just you know well, smearing that on people
1: yeah i mean i was looking at every everything that was wrong that wasn't really wrong that's mm-hmm. exactly the same this week but this week i'm great uh, nothing to do with what's going on uh but yeah, I think that's. Write a note to your girlfriend right now. I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I had the community right around me of brilliant coaches to, to actually remind me of that last week. And the cool thing was yesterday when I realized that I was doing it for somebody else.
0: That is such a critical thing. I love the, the pay it forward piece that you're pointing to, but I also love. The notion that everybody, I mean, when people find out, you know, here I am running this, uh, you know, bazillion dollar organization and uh, and training all these coaches and stuff. And when people t- find out that some mornings I just wake up and cannot give a flying fig about anything, th- you know, they're like, oh, my God, what do you do? You know, we can't <laughs> the whole organization and how many, and people's lives and your clients. And it's, uh, you know, I don't know what your secret is. My secret is you you handle yourself, right? You get in there and you use some tools or a conversation with somebody or you get supported so you can get out of it sooner.
1: I think that's actually one of the hardest things about being a coach Mm -hmm. is we're still human. We still wake up some days and just go, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I had a, I think this was last week. I went, what is the point of all this? We're gonna just wake up and work, and we're gonna get more clients, and then they're gonna leave, and then we're gonna get more clients. That's like, right. It was just this. I had one of those, you know, I, I don't even know the word, but like one of those moments. Like, what is the point of this existence to just do this, regardless of what it is? And yeah, I think the biggest challenge is to to be able to sometimes do the tools or the exercises, whether it be, you know, coaching tools or meditation or, you know, actually just saying, Hey, I'm not going to actually do anything right now. I'm going to go have some fun. I'm going to go. So play. important. And sometimes I think there's the, Hey, it's actually okay to be in it, which is probably the most confronting thing. It's probably yeah. easier to, to, Hey, I'm going to do a thing and make it go away versus like, you know what? I'm just sad this week. Yeah. And maybe I'll even say to my clients, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm having a rough week and I'm not going to get anything on you and, but, I'm a human. I, one of the, in my first year coaching, I had a client, um, my first or second year coaching. I mean, you you know me, I ended in an engagement yeah. and I decided that week to actually share it with my clients and it was a really, I didn't know if I should, I didn't know the rules, like I had all, and I shared it and a lot of my clients went, I'm so happy you did this because we know that you're human.
0: Wow. What a great note to end on. Nice job.
1: All right. You want to end it?
0: Uh, isn't that what's happening? Yeah, to you want to say the things? Oh, me? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, First of all, thank you very much for listening, and thank you so much. This has been an extraordinary experience. I've, I really like it. You should come back and do this every week. Uh, meanwhile, go to mbright, embrigh org and check that out. Go to accomplishmentcoaching.org, and check out the Dream Mason podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the World's Finest Coach
1: Training Program. That's all for today's edition. We will talk to you next week.